as you stood in the in your own flames. Oh my gosh! Like, Still, uh, my my face is bright red now, yeah. just like with embarrassment. What is up, everybody? And welcome back to the Schooling Struggle Podcast. It is our belief that the only guarantee in life is that we are all going to struggle. And how we choose to embrace our struggles is what empowers us to become the best versions of ourselves. How's it going? My name is Pete, coming to you from Vermont. And with me is my friend and co-host, Todd, coming to you from Washington State. What's up, Todd? What is happening, Peter Driscoll? Not much. Well, not much is happening with you. Yeah, just I working. Believe it, you know, but... Christmas is coming. The goose is getting fat. <laughs> oh, by the way, there might be some squeaking dog sounds, toys and stuff in my background because this dog's right underneath my feet. Your, your dog got an early Christmas present? <laughs> I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> we love Chewy at my house. <laughs> talk about it. Lots of Chewies. Yeah. Microphone loves to pick those up. Yep. So in our one-year anniversary episode that happened a few episodes ago, I mentioned that I had some real excitement about a couple different ideas for various episodes that I wanted to put forth in the coming year. And I mentioned that I had a couple ideas for some series of podcasts that I wanted to run. And I'm going to launch one of those series with you this evening. And to be honest, it's a little bit of an experiment, which I'm excited about. All could right. flop on it, it could flop on its face or it could be one of the more successful endeavors that we try. Well, we won't know until we try. Well, let's experiment in real time, shall we? <laughs> so in my time of teaching, I've come to learn that my high school students absolutely love when I share stories from my past. And I got to a point last semester where every Thursday we did story time with Mr. D. And I always try to tie the story back to the content that I was teaching at the time as the lesson. But it was often really difficult to do that because I only had so many stories with certain subjects that I was teaching. <laughs> yeah. and, and the real truth is the large majority of my stories are just not appropriate to share in school. And since this is a semi-school related endeavor, my students and colleagues and people in my school community tune into our podcast. I still have to keep it fairly acceptable for families. Would you call it PG? It <laughs> or is it PG-13 or above? Yeah, we can call it PG-13. Okay. But this one's good. So your, t- your role, Todd, with mm-hmm. Storytime with Mr. D is to listen to the story, to stop me and ask any clarifying questions along the way in case I skip over something that doesn't make sense to you or it isn't clear. And at the end, we can just do a little dive into what you learned about my story or what I could have learned about myself from the story or what the listeners could learn from my experience or my discomforts in the stories that I share. Oh, this is going to be fun. Story so if I heard you right, I'm supposed to listen, stop you, and then dive in. Yes. That's what you're looking yeah, for. It's okay. a little bit different than stop, drop, and roll, but it's just listen, <laughs> it stop, and dive. It is a bit different. Yeah. I actually put a lot of pressure on myself to decide what story am I going to lead off with for the very first episode of Storytime. And uh, after doing some thinking, this is the one that I came up with. I can, I'm actually kind of nervous right now because I want to wow. get this. I want to get this clean. I want to get this right. Interesting. Yeah. I forget yeah. we know a guy who edits, so you can. You can it. <laughs> Someone once told me if you're nervous, it's a good sign that you care. There so you nerves go. Is good. So a number of years ago, at the ripe age of approximately 30, I think it was around 2008-ish. This went down. Uh, I can't confirm that, but somewhere around that timeline. 
I was training for a family tradition that we would that I would run with my brothers in this race called the July Fourth Fun Run in the seaside community where I spent the Fourth of July in Connecticut, little little town called Groton Long Point, Connecticut. And every July Fourth, there was a fun run, and that's what it was meant to be. And I have been known in my family to compete the fun right out of anything, and. <laughs> This is a ripe example of me doing just that. In the year prior, I was 29-ish, and I thought it would be cool to train hard enough to see if I could get in the top three in this fun run. That really wasn't a competition for the large majority of people that were running, but many, it was a how many people are in, for me. How many people approximately, are in run? Approximately 200-ish, okay. somewhere in there. And your brothers. <laughs> And my brothers. Okay. And my older brother is three years older than me, and my younger brother is six years younger than me. Okay. And I will be scraped off the pavement dead before I would ever let either one of them beat me in okay. this fun run. Okay. So I would so I'd train in, you know, May and June leading up to the race to prepare to at the very least beat my brothers, but maybe even secure a spot in the top three. And when I was twenty nine years old, I was pretty sure that I was in third place as I was coming toward the finish line. I had my, not my earbuds, but my headphones on with a old school Discman playing music. Students can look that up if they don't know what that is. Google was that. Was it yellow? No, I, did, I didn't have oh. the money for the Sony. No. Okay. Okay. It was the like the JBL cheap, cheap version. Okay. So the music is cranking, and I purposely, and I still do this, often will crank music loud enough so I can't hear myself breathe, because if I can hear myself breathe, then it, it kind of slows me down, and I get nervous, but if I can hear myself breathe, I cannot hear myself breathe, and I can usually run faster. Interesting. And I'm coming to the finish line, and I look behind me, and when I look behind me, I don't see anybody. So I'm like, awesome. And as I'm getting closer and closer to the finish line, the people around the finish line are cheering like crazy. And I have my headphones on. I was like, oh, this is so cool. Like I, I finished in the top three. They're cheering for me. This is such an amazing feeling. This is awesome. I reached my goal. And as I'm crossing the finish line, a kid, he could not have been, he could not have been a day older than 12 years old. I think he was closer to 10. Literally ran under my armpit and stole third place from me. And I, because I'd let up, I looked behind and I didn't see him. And I think what happened was I looked over one shoulder and he must've just been out of my purview and he must've been, you know, over the left shoulder if I looked over the right. And when I looked back, I didn't see him and I eased up toward the finish line and he got third and I got fourth and I was devastated. <laughs> and my friends and family were poking fun at me that he took me at the end and I just didn't know he was there. And I had the capacity to run faster and beat him, but I didn't, I just didn't do it. And I vowed to myself, never again will I not finish strong? So that entire year, I sat on that loss. And I knew that in that race, there's always like these Ivy League, literal Ivy League cross-country runners. Um, one of the guys I lost to ran a 15 and a half minute 5K at the time. And there's just some pretty serious runners in there, <laughs> including a 12-year-old apparently, that I was going to be competing against. And I'm like, all right, this is going to be my year. Like, what happened last year with getting fourth, my goal is to beat that and get in third. So I trained hard and, and I've gone through a bunch of different phases in my life of training for different physical endeavors. And this was kind of the beginning of my running phase. I went through like a three or four year period where I was really focused on 5Ks and I was um, liking running that distance and liking training for it and um, just wanted to do well with 5Ks. So 
this was going to be my year, 2007, somewhere in there. And as a PE teacher at the time, I was a, a teacher for grades kindergarten through fifth. And that following spring in, in uh, May, I had a bunch of third graders come up to me very excited in PE one day saying, Mr. D, guess what? Mr. D, we just signed up for a program and we're all going to train for a 5K together and we're going to run a 5K in a month. I'm like, oh, that's so cool. And they'd come to class each week and share with me their progress. Oh, we ran a mile and a half today. Oh, we ran two miles today. And as a PE teacher, students are very eager to share with you what they're doing for physical exercise outside yeah. of your class. They, they, it was just their something they're really awesome. excited to yes. yeah. yeah. So as, as it's getting closer to the race, one of them says, Mr. D, will you come watch us race? And I'm like, Oh, what's the date? They're like, yeah. They told me the date. And I was like, yeah, I think I could, I think I'm free that day. And then they're like, well, Mr. D, why don't you come run with us? And I was like, oh, that's cool. Like that's about a month before my 5k. Like I can use this as a training run to kind of get a measure of where I am. And I'll go, I'm thinking to myself, I'll go run it and then I'll be there to support you. That's a really cool, the timing of this is perfect. I never run a 5K, like a real race before the 4th of July. I was just always training by myself. So I thought this would be a good warm-up. So I said, yep, I'll be there. I'll run it with you. Uh, well, So I get the date and the location, and I go there, and it's at this place in the town called Rutland, Vermont, at the Rutland Fairgrounds. And I arrive at the Rutland Fairgrounds by myself, because if I take a race serious, I don't want to go with anybody. I don't want to be beholden to anybody's schedule. I want to get there with enough time that I need and go warm up by myself. I have a very strict warm-up routine that I do, and I don't want any distractions or interruptions from people that I might be traveling with. It's an individual sport. (laughs) (laughs) So I get there by myself, and the place is rocking, and there are pink balloons and banners everywhere. And I'm like, wow, this is the coolest breast cancer awareness fundraiser that I've ever been to. Like, this is awesome. So I put my headphones on, I make my way over to my space, Um, That's like away from everyone. And I'm thinking to myself, I I really want to kind of hide over here while I warm up and not be distracted by my students. I'll see my students after I race and I'm just going to get focused and do my warm up. I do my really focused warm up that has, you know, X amount of movements, X amount of reps to get my body ready uh, with my music on. And um, I kind of disappear from the crowd while I get warmed up. And then I hear an announcement to, you know, participants make their way to start line. So I kind of keep my headphones on and and stay away from where I think my students might be because I don't want to be distracted. I really want to be focused. And I'm I'm constantly just blocking out anything that could possibly be a distraction from my performance in this race. And as a nice question. Yeah. (laughs) Are you, are you segregating yourself from, from the students because like you want it like, is your intent, like, it's your race, I'm just here to support? Or are you, like, getting in your head, like, I'm about to I'm about to win all of these people in my class? So, yeah, so I want to win, and okay. I get there, and it's like, I, my thought was, what I'll do is I'll run this race as fast as I can. The chances of one of my third graders yeah. beating me is pretty low, so I'll be at the finish line Actually. to support them, and gotcha. then I'll go back with to their little area and celebrate with their families and, okay. and all these things. So uh, I make my way to the start line and I avoid it, interaction or distraction with anybody and knowing that I'll catch up with them at the end of the race. And I get up right at the very, very front of it, which is what I do during the July 4th race as well. 
as it starts to count down, I'm getting ready and, and I put my music on and, and very, very loud. And they launch the race, three, two, one, go. And I take off like a bat out of hell. Because my strategy at the time was with a 5K is you go as hard as you can, as early as you can, and you hang on for dear life at the end. And that's that was my that was my racing strategy. And that worked fairly well. Obviously, it never got me third place in July, but um, that, that was my approach to racing. Okay. So I take off and I say to myself, no matter how you feel, you're going to pretend that second place or whoever is right behind you, like that kid was that stole third place for me the year before. And you're going to run with everything you have and you are never allowed to look back. You cannot look back. So I take off. And the race starts off uh, running through the fairgrounds, and then it goes kind of out into the local neighborhood surrounding the fairgrounds. And there's volunteers at all, like the corners telling you which way to go. So the, the route is very clearly marked. And I'm out in front, and I'm in first place. And I'm like, holy crap. Like, <laughs> even in those July 4th races, there's always one or two just like exceptional runners that after a mile, I can't even see them. Like, that's how fast they are. And I'm running and there's absolutely nobody in front of me. And I'm like, you know, someone's right behind you, breathing down your neck. Don't look behind you. So I run as hard as I can. I call it a crush run. I'm running so hard that I'm just barely able to keep that pace, but I can keep that pace for another step. And you try to link those steps together, right? Don't look back, Pete. Don't get distracted. Like there's people on the sides of the roads, like cheering for you. Like don't wave at them. Don't smile at them. Like I run through the neighborhoods. I, I come back into the fairgrounds. This race does a big loop around the fairgrounds. And then it kind of finishes where you run past the grandstands. And the grandstands are where like the horse races and tractor pulls are held when mm -hmm. the fair is actually there in the fall. So it's a huge section of bleachers and people are there and I have my music on and I'm not looking up at the crowd to see if they're cheering for me. Just totally locked in, totally focused. I'm giving this everything that I have. Stay focused. Don't be distracted. And I circle through past the, the bleachers and I'm coming toward the finish line. And I'm like, holy crap. Like, Pete, you're still in first. This is crazy. Like, push with everything you have. Like, just finish strong. Don't let anybody pass you. Don't look behind. Don't look behind. Don't look behind. So I'm running. Music's bumping. Can't hear myself breathe, but I know my heart's about to pound out of my chest. My lungs are on fire. My legs feel like I'm running in, you know, concrete that's getting harder by the minute. And I crossed the finish line in first place. And I was like, holy crap, Pete, you did it. Like, this is so awesome. I take my headphones off and I kind of like put my neck down because the lady has the, you know, the little metal they put around your oh, neck. Oh, yeah. And the lady puts the metal around my neck. She says, congratulations. I say, thank you. And I turn around to see where second place is. And Todd, I'm not exaggerating when I tell you, there was nobody in sight. Like... Like, I could not see anybody. And I was so confused. I was like, what just happened? Like, maybe I took a wrong turn and I cut, <laughs> I cut a section of the course off. Yeah. <laughs> maybe I cheated the race without knowing about it. Like, the, the course is pretty clearly marked. I don't think that was a mistake. Like, but that, that had to, this is the only explanation I could come up with. And I was just so utterly confused. And I'm kind of looking around to see what's going on. And, and no one's really like cheering for me or congratulating <laughs> me or anything. I was like, What's going on? And way, way, way in the distance, I see a kid. And the kids in the race all had pink shirts. And there's a kid who's alternating walking and running and walking and running. And then there's an adult with them that is also staying next to them, walking and running and walking and running. So I was like, 
I don't really know what to do. So I start to kind of walk back down the course to try to find my students. And as I'm walking, I start to put the pieces together in my mind. And I realized that this was not a breast cancer fundraiser. This was not a 5K. This was what's called a girls on the run program where girls train and every adult in the race runs with one of the third grade participants and you stay with your girl until the finish line. (laughs) This was not a competitive 5K at all. And the whole premise of it was you match up with a student and you support them to the finish line. And there wasn't any like placements or, or anything like that. And I was just standing in front of a crowd of people who are looking at me going, this guy just crushed a bunch of third graders in this race. Could you? It was the most humiliating, yeah, embarrassing we... moment of my life. And I'm sure you have plenty of questions, but this was the real kicker. I realize what's going on. I, I run back down. I find one of my students that's struggling and I, and she was with an adult and I just stayed with her till the end of the race to try to like save a little face and to like have some sort of awareness of what the heck is going on. And I get in my car and I check my phone before I leave and I have a voicemail and I check the voicemail and it's my buddy who has a daughter in third grade. And he goes, yo, I just saw you at the race. Saw you smoke all those third grade girls. Bro, congratulations. You're awesome. I was so humiliated. Zero awareness as to what I put myself into. What did that teach you in that moment? Like in that humility as you stood in in your own flames. My my face is bright red now. Just like with embarrassment about my lack of understanding of what I did that day. Well, what did you change about yeah. yourself that day that, as a result, if anything? Um, <laughs> like, hopefully, you'll do a little investigation of the events yeah. you're signing up for. Situational awareness <laughs> is a really important, uh, I don't yeah. know if you want to call it a skill or an yeah. endeavor worth diving into before mm. you get into something. Interesting. I also have this ability to compete the fun ride of something and i and i as i get older i'm (laughs) becoming more in tune and aware with when it's okay to flip that switch to be competitive and when it's not and um i mean i was a 30 year old man at that time i should have had the the awareness to do that i i i thought what it was was a 5k that was run out of the fairgrounds and it was a regular 5k and my students were there doing some sort of fundraising or breast cancer. That's that's what I thought it was. But that I thought it was a real. It was. <laughs> I thought it was a real risk. There was not one yeah. person there to compete in that risk, and not one adult that was even running. So um, it's a good one. <laughs> but when I checked my phone, my buddy's like, "Dude, I heard you smoked a bunch of third graders. Congratulations!" <laughs> I was like, "Oh my god!" Uh, was he, he was the only one that ever said town. anything. He was from a different town with a different school. So it turns out. And I know I'm very into, I'm very aware of this now. In the state of Vermont, there's this program called Girls on the Run, and what it is is third through fifth grade girls sign up for a program, and there's a there's a curriculum, and you have a coach, and they go after school like any other sport to practice. And the entire premise of the program is to build up the confidence mm-hmm. of young girls through running, and the entire six week program or however long it is is culminated with this 5k like you've achieved something you've trained for something you've worked for something 
we're going to all go run the 5k together. And if you get the, if you cross the finish line, doesn't matter if you walk the entire way or run walk or whatever, if you cross the finish line, you have earned this thing. Sure. And you should be and you should feel good about yourself because you've worked for this thing and you've and I think the 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 program is beautiful and it's 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 really well run and it's really focused on the lessons of building confidence and what you do in certain scenarios and how you carry yourself and all these wonderful things. And then the PE teacher of Heartland Elementary School goes there and just takes it so serious, having no clue what he got into and smashes everyone. I mean, I finished that race. I don't think that first girl crossed the thing for a good 10 or 15 minutes. Hey, you did good. <laughs> did you PR? There was no timer there. I had no idea. I had no Are you idea telling how, me how you're that competitive and you didn't even time yourself? <laughs> like no watch or nothing? No, because well, I didn't want to have a pace. I want to yeah. run as hard as I possibly yeah, could. I, yeah. I thought that that would, that would slow me down. And any other race that I'd run, there's a timer at the end. Sure. And you just see what time you finish. Any typical I, race. It would be that way. <laughs> I have a few things. That I, that I marked over here. Thank you for sharing because that's a great story. <laughs> you should write that down as a short short story or something, but you've, you've taken the first step. Um, I want you to know that when you got third, fourth place, the kid did not sneak in and take it from you. He actually beat you while you weren't paying attention. <laughs> but I think you already learned that lesson because you were like, never again. But I have All I'm saying else. is that race, I finished that race with something in the tank. Hmm. And I think that if I knew he was there, I could have emptied the tank and, and beat him. But maybe, maybe you, not. You may disagree. I, I don't. don't. I mean, he won, so that's all there is to it. My competitive fire still burns. Yeah, oh, he I, beat me absolutely. Oh, I can me. tell. It's uh, it's on. Uh, yeah. And 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 the second point is, um, you get half points for because you actually grew and you you went for a goal <laughs> and you did your best, right? It just happened to be that you didn't pay attention to the context. <laughs> but I mean, I, I feel like half of the partial attempt, partial intent was uh, was realized. There's just like looking back on it, there was so many. <laughs> warning signs of what yeah. the thing actually was hmm. like i didn't even look into this program that it was the first year of the program at my school hmm. i didn't know what the program was i'd seen like signs like go, looking back i'd seen signs of bulletin boards for girls on the run program sure. please you know sign up and then i heard my students talking about their practices and i just figured they were all just like training for a 5k yeah so how did <laughs> the july eight, 5k go eight-year-olds um I did. I did end up getting third in that race. I don't actually remember Good. if it was that year. Um, oh. I but really you did don't. Beat your brothers, they weren't first and second, right? So neither of them have ever beat me in that race. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Well, it's probably because yeah. they're older than ten, twelve. But I did try to hang with that 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 dude who ran a fifteen thirty. I tried to stay with him for the first mile, and then Good I luck. realized like this yeah. dude is he's a real runner. I'm not yeah. a real runner. I'm just real. someone who runs. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not anymore, but that's a good one. Then. I'm, not, I'm not a real runner. I just run. I like that. Yeah, that's a great story. What? A, yeah, I've. Uh, I don't know. I think the lesson was learned very eloquently. There. Yeah, I, I don't think we need to dive deep no, into it and, no, and talk so. about it. Like the, the lessons learned, but yeah, that's a good you know, one. Yeah, story time. Yeah, story time. Have you story? Have you told that one before? Oh yeah. I think that's a good one. I don't know if you if, if someone said to you, hey, what was the most embarrassing or the most humiliating single moment of your life? For some people, that's probably difficult to answer. Yeah. But for me, it's very clear cut. Like that is that was it. without without question. Yeah, I, I've I've done some some things where I was absolutely humiliated, but that was on a different level. 
do you remember super soakers growing up? Oh yeah. So for all the youngsters out there, it might they might still be a thing. I, I don't think really they know, make something similar the, for sure. Yeah, they were they were the first water gun to like really shoot far and be able to hold a ton of water. And I went in my my buddy's house with a super soaker and just lit up his younger brother. <laughs> and I am the, the kids just curled up in his bed, and I am just soaking <laughs> him in his bed gallons yeah. of water. I feel a tap on my shoulder. And I look over, and it's his mom. She's like, "Um, Pete, can you please not?" that i was like oh i was just so embarrassed but i, I have many many examples yeah. of of times where i made poor choices and got caught or got seen or was humiliated but um that girl's on the run day that was at a different level yeah that's a that's a definitely a learning opportunity for you hands down <laughs> i couldn't even imagine it's almost one of those stories where you hear it and you feel shame for the person that's telling the story and <laughs> the recount like oh i can see where this is going thankfully the girls that were in that race have now graduated from high school and i don't have to be reminded of that anymore yeah. by seeing them around but yeah and your buddy and was it, the only well, the only one you ever heard like nobody ever nobody ever slighted you in any other context was it? yeah like no a lot of people did a lot of people did but like when i got a <laughs> phone call from a friend from a different town who i didn't yeah. see there that day who was like yo i was like oh this God. is bad yeah. yeah it was brutal it was huh. brutal <laughs> awkward but yeah yeah, awkward. Yeah, so before huh. we sign off, this is a yeah. short, short uh, episode tonight. Yeah. But before we sign off, I just wanted to inform our family of listeners that Todd and I are working diligently behind the scenes to continue to provide you with different ways you can uh, reach out to us at schoolingstruggle at gmail.com and just ask to be put on the mailing list. And we'll put you on the mailing list. And that way, every time an episode comes out, you'll be reminded via email. I know many of you are following or subscribe through your different platforms, but we're just finding ways that we can reach out to you. And then we are in the midst of at some point launching and putting every episode on YouTube as well. So uh, not video, just audio with our logo, but that you can access or anybody can access these episodes on YouTube. And I'm in the process of recruiting a student to help us with this Oh yeah, um, as, as part of his independent project class at Hartford High School. So has some cool things in the mix happening, but um, none of it nearly as humiliating as my Girls on the Run <laughs> experience. Yeah. Yeah. And there you have it, story time with Mr. D. That's a good one. Thank you for inviting yeah. me. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't <laughs> have more questions. I guess it means that uh, I did a decent job hopefully telling the story that you didn't yeah. have a lot of questions. Yep. Um, I thought it through how I was going to share it. And that was the way that I thought would be best. I and thought it worked I'm well. Working on my storytelling skills. Someone once told me if you want to be able to really relate to people, be a good storyteller, because regardless of what context, people can feel connected to you by storytelling. So huh. I got to brush up on my storytelling skills and um, I'm, I'll be interested to hear the feedback on this episode. If it's worth to continue to keep doing or if it's eh, thanks but no thanks but it's one of the series that i was excited to launch and i think every now and again we'll drop in a story like time with with todd and pete let's do it awesome awesome to you family listeners out there we don't say this lightly we are incredibly grateful that you take the time to connect with us and to listen to our beautiful voices we appreciate your ears we do thank you for your time we are incredibly grateful for your attention we're the school and struggle podcast and we are out. See ya.